Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and I'm so excited to come to you today with another fresh new episode for you. And this is going to be an extremely fun show today. I hope that you're ready to hear some good entertainment, some good value. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff covered in today's show. And it's with a, with a new friend. It feels it doesn't feel like a new friend because we've been talking on Instagram for so long. But uh, we got to talk at Equip this year, and we've just kept in touch on Instagram. And just it's really cool seeing your business grow, man. And I'm excited to hear what we get into today. I think the, you're going to be able to relate to this show a lot if you're listening in. Uh, and so let's just hop into it. Let's just talk. Let's just bring him in and, and kind of dive into today's show. We have uh, none other than Jonathan Allen with Edge to Edge Lawns. In are you in Sonoya? When I that was the that was the area code that came up, or is that not a thing? No, I'm not, I'm not far from Sonoya, though. Okay. I'm not far. I thought, uh, I, I, thought I looked you up on Google or something, and that was where it said you were. So I don't, maybe I was wrong. But where? how no. far? Where are you then, exactly? I'm in Noonan, which is which is probably, depending on where you're at in Noonan, you can be in Sonoya in 10 minutes or from where I'm at, okay. closer to 18 minutes. So. Okay. So that maybe that's what it was, and it just puts you, it just, you're close enough. I don't know yeah. why. Well, yeah, anyway, yeah. man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, this is actually take two. We had to fix the audio. The audio was messed up the first time, but uh, we called it early, so hopefully that everyone can enjoy a, a good audio experience because, you know, in podcasting, um, the audio is what matters. And so since we don't do video, then the audio has got to be on point, and we always try to do that to the best of our ability, but, hey, we're not a professional broadcast. We are just a bunch of lawn care and landscape professionals and hardscapers and everybody else getting that we get on the show that just hang out and have a good time. And uh, just try to bring as much value as we can, and that's what we're going to do today. So let's hop into it, man. I want to hear some more about your story. What is uh, what's going on in the life of John Allen? And uh, we were talking about how everybody uh, calls you John, and I, I totally get that. My brother's name Benjamin. My mom hates it when people call him Ben, uh, but it just is what it is. I guess that's kind of the what you get for calling for naming somebody with like two syllables like that. That you can, it can be shortened or. Jonathan, no, that's three. That's three syllables. Is ben, Benjamin? Yeah, that's three syllables too. I guess it's three syllables. That, those are the names that get you. So, uh, well, man, tell us a little bit about your business, buddy. How you been? Uh, how you been doing? How is business looking for you right now? How'd you get started? Let's just walk through that whole journey. Uh, I know that you're pretty fresh into it, so I'm excited to hear these guys relate to you and uh, hopefully learn something along the way that you've learned in the first couple of years of being in business. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm definitely new into it that's for sure i'm about a year and a half full-time now or coming up on a year and a half um i did 22 years in jewelry repairs i was a jeweler for 22 years really and you got you a diamond ring i do well not for me i don't have any jewelry (laughs) except for my my tungsten band that i never take off yeah uh, the wife the wife got a pretty nice upgrade before i left the industry we'll put it that way yeah there you go yeah (laughs) He deserved it. But, um, so yeah, uh, it's kind of a 
a different industry and, and to go from that into the lawn care business is a little different, I guess, but, um, I bet those, I those hands got callous really fast. I mean, well, they they actually, they're actually like really smooth and nice now compared to what they were. You'd be surprised how really? many jewelry pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between doing all that polishing and everything, I thought they'd be soft. Hands up. Really? No, no. They're uh, they they go through beating as a jeweler. That's for sure. Well, okay. I want to hear lawn care. I want to hear lawn care. But let's talk jewelry for a minute. I mean, sure. we've we've had Ken with the stripe life on, and he worked in a pawn shop, and I think still actually does for a little bit. Um, so that was a that was a cool career that we got to hear about, but. I don't think I've ever had a jeweler on. I mean, how did you get in the jewelry business? That's a that's such like a unique industry to be in. Well, to try to keep it short, I guess you could basically say I grew up on a dead end street in Indianapolis, and um, one of my best friends, who was a solid four years younger than me, his father was a jeweler and mm-hmm. owned his own business. And I did a lot of I didn't do his lawn, but I did a lot of yard work for him when I was young just to kind of make some cash because, you know, my parents' money was kind of tight. Yeah. Most yeah. Of the time. So to uh, find money for me, you know, I had to go out and get it. But, um, you know, he, he had his repair shop in his house and I would constantly go through there and I would look at him work at the bench. It was just interesting to me. It was, I don't know. I was fascinated by it. And sure enough, when I was six, 15, he asked, you know, if I'd like a job and I said, yeah. And, and he sat me down and started teaching me how to do jewelry work. And, and I pretty much started doing it from the age of 15 up until what I am. Well, I mean, I'm 36 now. It's pretty well <laughs> over a year ago. So 35. Um, but I kind of started segueing into the lawn business because it's outdoors. I got tired of being stuck inside the little shop. I mean, you would think I was in a closet sometimes at some of these repair shops I ended up in throughout the years of doing it and had literally had no window just in the back, smaller than my, my kid's room. And, uh, I just got tired of being in that kind of environment. So I started doing lawn stuff on the side and, really found out that I enjoy being outdoors more than indoors, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how long ago did so, you start? How long ago did you start doing the side hustle? Uh, that was almost three years ago. Okay. So you start on the side for okay. a little bit then. Yeah. So basically my wife worked, you know, all the weekdays and my kids were at school and I alternated weekends. So I had, every other Wednesday off and every other Saturday off. Mm -hmm. So basically what I did was I started picking up lawn jobs on my Wednesdays Mm. and getting some extra money that way. Yeah. And little by little, I started increasing the number of yards and the amount of time I was spending on it during the weekends and eventually segued more into doing just lawns. i I had to let the boss know that I was kind of getting out of the industry this this last year, and it was it was rough. <laughs> really, really. I worked for him for I worked for him for ten years. So. Yeah, that's a tough um, that's a tough goodbye. Yeah, that was a tough one. It didn't go quite as smooth as as I as I'd hoped, but 
Um, we're, I think we're okay now. I actually, I actually ran into him at a restaurant the other day and really? ended up buying my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think you're probably good then. If he if he offered to buy, then you're probably good. So. Yeah, he paid for it. It was just weird because it was the first time seeing him in over a year. Yeah. So, well, but um, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm uh, you know, I'm doing it full time now. It's just me, and I'm up to about forty six, forty seven clients, and just a mix of biweekly and weekly. Um, eventually, I would like to go with more just weeklies, but it's it just takes a lot of time to get weeklies down here in the south. So. Yeah, no, I totally get it. You're like two hours from me. I mean, that's everybody around the country has to realize that like everybody's business is different, and it doesn't. One thing that works for you doesn't work for somebody else. Climates change. Climates are different. Um, it would be very, very tough for me and you to both grow like a totally weekly customer base. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it's possible. It is possible. You can get a high end neighbor, but like the people that are doing that and like the people that are in those neighborhoods now, they got it so locked up because you have to be in certain areas. You'd be in certain high end neighborhoods. You have to be in neighborhoods where um, you're looking at 750 to million dollar plus homes. Like um, that's just the, at least in our area, it's that way. Like you're not, you're not going to get a a full list of weeklies of just average, like dual income households. Exactly. And so you can, you can push a couple of those. Like we've probably got, eight or 10 of those, but the majority of our weeklies that we do have are not that way. They're, they're people mm-hmm. that money isn't really an option. It's kind of just like, this is definitely a luxury service. Like most dual yeah. income houses that you're cutting grass for are, this is a necessity to them. They don't really have like, they don't have the time. Like it's just, we need, like, we just need it done. Like I'm too busy. It just got to be done. Um, when you're doing these weekly services, you're getting these higher homes. It is strictly like a luxury service. Like this is just extra for them. They're just, they want it to look good for their pleasure. And so they're willing yep. to do whatever. Like, um, yep. so yeah, I totally get that. Like weekly versus bi-weekly, there's no shame in that. You need to, um, don't let people, and, and that's for anybody out there. Like, don't let anybody's opinion, uh, of your business, like bother you or upset you or, or set you back. Like you do what works for you. If you're turning profit, if you're staying efficient, if you're doing things you need to do to run a successful business, then you do what works for you and tune all, tune all the other people out because they're not in your shoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's definitely what I've been doing. Cause, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and you get, you get a, quite a mix on there about people. Saying, well, you should only do weeklies. Well, I mean, that's great. Maybe in your area, but here we can't. If we you can't only did weeklies, you wouldn't have a business. Like you wouldn't be yeah. where you are. Like, so come on, like, w- let's look at it that way. Like would we rather have a business that makes money and gives me the freedom that I want with my life or not have a business at all because I can't get only weeklies. Like, come on, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta look at that and, and apply it to your situation. Yeah, exactly. So I agree. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Well, I tell you what, let's, let's talk. So when we get into bigger, when you, when you get into 750 million multi-million dollar businesses, um, those business owners are not really thinking about like what equipment to use, what trimmers to use, what trucks to buy. Like that's just not the, that's not the, focus of their company anymore the focus is we want to turn profit we want to be efficient i don't care what mowers we use just get it done like half the time when you get into those business owners you hear their, their them on podcasts and things like that they don't even know like they don't even know what they're running they just know yeah. the stuff's getting done that's not the case for somebody in your situation where you're a solo owner operator it's just you you're building the business building the brand uh, let's go back to, I guess, year one, if you want to, or the, the even the side hustle stage. Like, 
most kids you hear most most entrepreneurs are like yeah i was cutting grass when i was 10 years old i was pushing a lawnmower around our neighborhood like that's the story that we all know we all love and and that's Mm -hmm. great totally different for you though like you're a grown man you have a family you you're leaving a career like what did that look like for you? What did your whole like journey and setup into the the business look like? Did you start with just a two hundred dollars snapper push mower and a weed eater? Like what did it? What did your setup look like at the beginning? How did you uh, go about getting that going on the side? Well, I mean, it's been a, it's been sloppy probably from the very beginning for sure, but it's improved. <laughs> it's it's definitely improved. I you know I started out with a, uh, I believe the first one was a residential errands zero turn um so you did start zero turn from the beginning yeah well because i had it for my own property okay okay cool so you okay that that makes a difference okay yeah so i've got a two acre lot here of my own so i gotta have something i can maintain that with um so i did i started with the with an errands and i believe it was just a 48 inch um and then I went to, I got rid of that, and I got a Bobcat Z3000, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. I financed that, but Sheffield really bent me over with the interest rate. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't, they didn't do me very well on that. Um, so I paid that off in the first year, and then I traded that in at the AgPro, which is basically what i believe you use correct yeah uh, yeah yeah there it's trigreen here but they just trigreen bought all the ag pros so uh, okay okay so yeah i went i went to ag pro and i asked them first what they would give me as a trade-in on my on my zero turn the, the bobcat mm-hmm. and since it was less than a year old they actually they actually gave me a pretty decent trade-in on it yeah and um i got the v920m um Mulch on demand. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I do remember that conversation that we had. Now oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I did. I messed up. I got the mulch on demand, and and I mean it's it's okay. It's it's got its perks, I guess. But I'm, there's not many of them. <laughs> there's not yeah. many of them. <laughs> the the daggone thing clogs so easily and clumps up, and yeah. it's it's awful. Yeah, so, no, I, I do remember that. <laughs> That's so funny you said that now. Like I remember us distinctly having that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I was asking you about it, and you're you might have even told me not to get the molten man. Oh, before I did. I, even got it. I did. I told you I not to, you but I, but I think I was a little late. I think you might have already gotten it because I think you texted Maybe me. You were like, was. "Tell me I didn't make the wrong decision." I was like, oh, "Unfortunately, you did." Like, it, is there a twenty-four yeah. hour return window? Uh, yeah, it might have been when I messaged you. It might have been a little too late, but yeah. um, I went ahead and rolled with it and yeah. regret it and. And I'm actually, I'm actually trading again. Hey, I have. Uh, I would. Uh, but this time I'm going back to Bobcat. Okay. And I'm, I'm getting a. It's, hopefully it's going to be here this week, but it's going to be the the I think it's a Z four thousand stand on fifty four inch. Ah, uh, okay. So I and again I think I skipped it, but one of the reasons I went to John Deere was because I got zero percent finance. Yeah. Yeah. And. So I got the zero percent financing with them, and that's pretty close to being paid off. But um, I just got zero percent financing with Bobcat as well. Yeah. So what I'm going to end up having to do is sell the John Deere after I get the new mower, and then you know just 
pay the rest down on the rent on the bobcat. But okay, so are you going to yeah. trade the the Z in, or are you just going to sell it private party? No, because now I'm going to have to sell my own, which I think I already have a buyer for it. Yeah, because uh, Bobcat only offered me like four grand for this thirteen thousand dollar mower I just yeah. bought a year ago. Yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, I'll just sell them out. And I think I've got somebody that's gonna give me eight for it. So just don't tell them about um, the muscles, man. Just say, yeah, this is a great, know. this is a great yeah. thing. Like it, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna tell the uh, the flaws. That's for sure. Yeah. Other than that, it it is 100 percent what it's supposed to be. Okay. Oh it, yeah. It is, it's in perfect working order. 240 hours on on it. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, I, it, it, and, and we'll talk about that real quick. Real quick, if you're doing all HOA subdivision lots with Bermuda or Tallfish or whatever, like if you're not hitting rocks, you're not you're not mowing super tall grass like fields or anything like that. Then the mulch on demand, it, it's a decent system. Like it it would I guess do the job. Like it would be okay. Um, there's just way too many moving parts. It's way too mm-hmm. overcomplicated. I've talked yeah. about it on a podcast before. Like I, y'all know, I'm a lo- I, I'm a big John Deere guy. I love my John Deeres. I don't have any plans on switching anytime soon. Um, but I'll never ever get the mulch on demand again. I got that on my first mower. Same situation as you. Like, oh man, this is cool. Like they make it look good. It operates really good from the get go. And then you're like, hmm. And 50 hours in, when it starts messing up and and it doesn't want to lock and things don't want to close mm-hmm. and baffles start breaking and it's just like. This is no good. So that's it's just yeah. way too complicated of a system. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, <laughs> you're getting the new one. That's cool to hear. You're gonna sell yours private party. So you've upgraded zero zero turns along the way. It's cool to hear you start out with one. Um, what does it look like? I mean, you you rock an open trailer, closed trailer. What is what does the whole rest of the setup look like? So yeah, uh, the rest of the, the get up is uh, I've just got a a seven by or is it six by twelve? Yep. Open trailer. Yep. Uh, I got. Racks on the side. I don't know what brand they are. Honestly, I think that they came on the the previous trailer. I yeah, just yeah. Them um, I got a thirty inch uh, Time Master, which obviously is residential, but mm-hmm. I don't do too if much. You, if you shoot commercial mower, I mean, push mowers have gotten so expensive nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's insane. Like, I would. Yeah. I'm of the I'm of the mindset now. I think that I would. If I was starting today and I had to push mow, luckily we've gotten to the point now. I've honestly thought about selling my thirty inch because I have one, but I have a I have a thirty inch X Mark commercial, and it's like now they're worth like freaking thirty two hundred dollars, I think something like that. Yeah. But I I have one yard that I use that on one yard because I have to bag it, and so we it takes it just takes the time makes the time so much faster when I can cut it. I have a, I have another twenty one that I, we never use, but. I'm only pushing one yard now because we got a 36 walk behind. And mm-hmm. I would say, guys, make that investment as soon as you can. Get a 36 walk behind. Um, and just don't take on anything less than a 36 inch gate. Like, it's just that simple. Like, don't, if you can't fit a 36 back there, don't take it on. Like, the inefficiencies of push mowing are just so, like, there's just too many of them. We did it for too long. I double cut too many times. Like, it's just, there's no, there's no reason to be doing that. And so, that's not saying anything to you. Like I'm just saying, if you're sure, start, yeah, yeah. if you're starting out, like, or even if you're not starting out, when you if you have to start out and you start out with a push mower and you you get what you can, you build your you build your business. But then when you get to your two, three, four, like you start getting the clients that you want, you can be a little more nitpicky. Start weeding out the ones with the 22 inch gates or the 25 inch mm-hmm. gates. Like get get rid of those as soon as you can. 
and and yeah. start getting stuff where you can put a 36 back there or even a 32. Like there there's some like you can get a right standard that makes 32. They make 32 inches and so um get get something like that though and get out of the from behind the push mower as soon as you can. If you can't, if you're like this is my business model, I personally would be buying the $1000 Time Master and blowing it up every like I would just run it into the ground every year and get a new one every single year. Like that would yeah. be that would be how I that would be how I justified it would be like it's it's thousand bucks a year or whatever. What are they now? I don't. Even, that's the last time I saw them. They were thousand bucks. Uh, about fifteen hundred bucks. I think it was there. Fifteen now. Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. But I mean, you take fifteen hundred bucks and divide it over twelve months. Like you're looking at one hundred twenty five bucks a month for that thing. Mm. I mean, that's to me. I I don't see the I don't see the benefit of going and buying a thirty five hundred dollar commercial mower like push mower. Yeah. If you're spending well, money on so that, heavy too. they're so heavy. Like. Like I'm, I bought my 36 inch walk behind for two grand. Like, there's no way I would go spend the, that on a push mower nowadays. Um, yeah, go find a used 36 somewhere, walk behind, stand on whatever fits you, and do that. Like, don't just just try to get away from spending that much money on a push mower because it's just it's gonna break. Like it's it's just so inefficient. But anyway, continue. I don't I don't mean to interrupt you. I just that's kind of no, something I, mean, I, I haven't talked that about that in a in a while, <laughs> and it just kind of got me going. So. Yeah, so do you recommend the walk-behinds over the stand-on when it comes to the 36? Because I've considered getting a 36 stand-on. The only reason I would recommend it is because it's cheaper. It's just a much lower bear, like cost to entry. Um, yeah. I, I've never seen a stand-on for two grand. I've never like oh, never yeah. come close. I've never seen. I've never really seen a stand-on less than four, even with like high hours on it. Um, so I mean, if you can spend the if you can spend the money on four, five, six thousand dollars for a stand-on. I would get a stand-on. I like stand-ons better. I've had a stand-on, and I loved it for HOA stuff. We just do too many big properties that I couldn't justify it. But um, it was one of those things, like, to me, I like the stand-on better. It's more comfortable. Uh, but for the purpose that I, I – we don't do enough with the walk-behind. Like, we do probably 10 to 15 push push mows, backyards, where we need the 36. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, it was like spend two grand on a mower that's got a couple hundred hours and – I don't have to push around anymore. Like it, it's only thirty six inches. I still walk behind it. I don't even put a sulky on it because I still want it to look good. I want it to, I don't the sulky messes up the lines and the stripes. But um, you know the little bit of stripes we get here in the south. Uh, That's right. But it it works sad. for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it works for me, and um, I I like it better just because of the hydraulics. Like you don't have to pull anything. Like you don't have to yeah. push or pull. You just stand behind it and go. And so like today I pushed mode a, a pretty large backyard or used the walk behind on a pretty large backyard, uh, but it was it was no effort. I was just walking. I was just getting steps in because they just the hydraulics make it easy. So I don't to me either one. It depends on how much money you want to spend. Um, sure. But to me, I, I like the walk behinds better. So okay. I mean, okay. I like the stand ons well, better. I like the stand ons better, not the walk behinds. Yeah. Well, this will be different for me jumping to a stand on because I've I've only ever used one at Equip. Yeah. Now I um, and I loved it, dude. The stand on that we had was fantastic. And so, guys, I, I we didn't really expect this to go into equipment talk show, but we haven't had one in a while, so we might as well just embrace it and roll with it. Like, <laughs> if you're looking at getting equipment like this, if you're still at that point in business where that's a big thing for you, if you're an owner operator, you need stuff that's reliable and like stuff that fits you super efficiently. Um, then I would say like stand ons are really really cool. Like they're really beneficial. I know a lot of people run them because they're safer. They, they say they're safer because uh, you can jump off of it at any point. Like, if it starts flipping, you just jump off, and mower goes, yeah, but we can replace a mower. You can't replace yourself. And mm-hmm. so with a zero turn, like, if you're on a hill and you start flipping, 
you can try to get out of there, but you're probably not going to. I mean, you're you're under the under the handlebars. So, uh, I, yeah. I, a lot of people. What do you do mainly? What is your clientele? Is it mainly HOA properties? Or you got neighborhood yards, big yards? What does that look like? No, it's it's definitely mostly it's all neighborhood stuff. I haven't actually gotten any commercial clients yet. Um, I am hoping to try and get into some commercial work this year, actually, but. But your neighborhood uh, yards, year. but your neighborhood yards are still like that. You're not, you're mainly getting residential neighborhood yards. You're not getting like residential big properties or anything like big field oh, yeah, yeah. field grass or anything. Because that's that to me is where I the standout didn't work. Uh, it just didn't. It and it was just because the standout that I had, the standout that I had just didn't. It just didn't fit my business well. But I, I yeah. I'm a big fan of if you are if you're doing HOA type style properties. Uh, stand-ons are the way to go because it's so fast. Like it's just hopping on and off. If you need to hit a spot with a weed eater, you can get one of those little side racks where you stick your weed eater in there and it's always with you. Um, hopping on and off to get trash, like it's way more efficient than getting up and down off the zero turn and things like that. It's way lighter too. Okay. Yeah. So I'm basically doing quarter acre to half acre lots mostly. Yeah. No, um, I think you'll. Love I think the I have like on. two one acre lots. I think you'll. So. I think you'll love the stand on. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, that, that sounds like a really good fit. Um, and then, so other equipment, it would be the weed eater. I just got a, a Red Max weed eater. Yep. Honestly, I think it's a, I'm not good with the numbers. Only thing is like 225L. I, I Honestly, I don't know. But, um, and then it's still... Uh, it's, good, it's good that you don't know because it doesn't matter. Like, it's, it goes back to what, <laughs> it goes back to what we're talking about a minute ago. Like, when you're growing a business, growing a large business, like that's your goal. This type of equipment doesn't matter. Like it does if you're a yeah. solar operator. Like it does matter to some extent. Your mower does, but like your trimmers, your blowers. Like if you get commercial grade stuff, it's all going to do the same thing. Like it's all yeah. going to get the job done. It's going to produce you money, revenue, profit. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking at how many numbers you have behind your Red Max or what size blower you have. Like mm-hmm. it's efficiency, profitability, revenue. Like that is those yeah. things have to be has to be doing those things. And if it is cool, like stop, stop geeking out over the number of your red max trimmer and put it to work. Find something that puts like, if it's a snapper 21 inch push mower and that's what works for you and you turn revenue with it and you are profitable in that revenue, then stick with it and roll. Like yeah, that's, I don't want people to get, even though we're all talking equipment or whatever, don't get caught up in that too much. No matter what stage of business you're in, find something that works for you. That's efficient, that is reliable and go with it and just grow your business, grow, Grow clientele, grow your revenue, yeah. grow your profitability. All those things have to be in place first, and then you can start looking at equipment. But like, there's just really no need. Like, get things that work and just put them to work and make and go make money. Yeah. So well, that's basically what I've been doing. I haven't been too caught up on the. You know, I'll go commercial for sure. But as far as what the brand is or whatever, I think I've got three or four different ones on my on my vehicle. So and they're and they're <laughs> all doing fine, and you're all and you're making yeah. revenue with all of them. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's good, man. That's good. That's cool. Uh, I tell you what, is there anything else to equipment you want to hit on? Or is that uh, no? That's about all I got. Other than yeah. the, pulling everything with a tundra. I hear you. So. I hear you. What is what what motor you got in the tundra? Uh, the five seven. Yeah, those those five sevens in the tundras. Those are those are some pretty good workhorses. I mean, especially for just a little six by twelve like that. You probably don't even fill yeah. it back there, really, do you? 
Well, I don't really feel it now, but it still drinks the fuel like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> true. You you got. I think the tundras are just bad in fuel in general. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, let's let's hop in. We got I don't know 10, 15 more minutes here, and then we'll let you go. I don't want to hold you too long. I want to be respectful of your time. We're doing this late night tonight, and uh, I don't want to hold you up any longer than than necessary. Sure. But let's uh, let's hop into business real quick. Let's talk some business talk. What is okay. we talked some equipment, getting started all that. What does the business side of things look for look like for you? I mean, route density. How have you done with your routes? And, and say as much or as little. Like, this is a show that I want people to relate to and grow from. So, like, if you want to share things that you failed on, share things you failed on. But I mean, for me, from the conversations we've had, it sounds like you're doing pretty pretty good with a lot of stuff. And so, I know you got yard book. You're using CRM. You already got that thing locked up. So, what does the business side of things look like for you in the in the building process? And then, uh, what does it look like moving forward? Uh, well, like, like everybody, you know, I started out taking whatever came to me because when I left my full-time job, I had six clients. That's crazy. (laughs) And, uh, so it wasn't, again, it wasn't, when I left, it wasn't how I wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. So I didn't expect to be leaving when I left, but I, I ended up having to. So I left with six clients. And so at that point I just started advertising on Facebook like crazy um, reaching out. So any friends in the area and, uh, ended up traveling all over Noonan yeah. to try and get clients. Yeah. Uh, even some in the Sharpsburg, which is between Noonan and Sonoya yeah. or between Noonan and, and Peachtree city. What's your, what's your furthest yard you, you picked up through that, through that process? Uh, well, I still have them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're probably, I would say they're probably about, 10, 15 miles from my house. That's not, I mean, that's not terrible. What is that? 25 minutes, 30 minutes. It can depending on traffic. Yeah. 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 But what I've done is I don't just go to that one property. I mean, I've got routes that that kind of work me out that direction. So, um, it's not awful. It could be worse for sure. Dude, when Uh, I was starting, dude, three years ago, I was going, I was going 35 miles. Like it would, Dude, trust me, oh, you're no, you no shame from me. Like that, that's pretty good for your first year. Like you're taking on, you got 46 clients, you're within 10, 15 miles. Like that's that's pretty good. I I would not yeah. complain. I would not be sad about that at all. Like you, you obviously yeah. build on it, you work on it, you want to refine it even more. But like like I said, two years ago, three years ago, I was going 30 miles. Like it it it, it just is what it is when you get started. Yeah. So I mean, I've got one day that I'm super proud of. It's all in a neighborhood that's literally two miles from my house. Yeah. And it's 12 properties. They're all between quarter acre, half acre, and I can get them all done in one day. It's a pretty, pretty brutal day being that I'm by myself, but, um, it's a very profitable route, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm drive a total of maybe five miles that entire day. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's a pretty good route. Um, and so, obviously, that's the goal. That's the goal is to get more in that neighborhood or more neighborhoods similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that are within five to – I'm not against driving 10 miles out. Yeah. But it needs to be for a full route. You know, I don't want to be driving 10, 15 miles, um, jumping all over the place. That's the thing. Yeah, if you can build a route out of it, then it's different. And that's that's a tough thing that – I've gotten caught up in before. Um, it's very hard to decide, like, 
do we build a route out here? Do we take on the customer and try to build a route out of it? Or do we just say no and we don't we don't go that far? And that's yeah. I think that develops as your business develops. That's something that grows mm-hmm. that grows with your business. Two years ago I would have said, Yeah, I'll take that I'll take that client twenty five minutes away and I think I can build a route out of it. Now, no chance. I'm just not like I'm not even I'm not even taking it I'm not even gonna try to build but it also depends on what kind of business you're wanting to build. If you're wanting to build a like a, if you want to scale your business, you're probably most likely going to have to get into other surrounding cities. Like you're going to have to grow and you're going to go a little bit further. So um, mm. that's a tough thing as well. You got to just weigh your options there. Look at what what size company you're wanting to run. If you want to stay you and a guy or you and a couple guys, like one or two crews, then you got to be smart about that stuff. That that is the kind of stuff that will put your business in the ground in six months if you don't pay attention and really hone that stuff in, keep your routes tight. So that's that's cool that you already got that that one neighborhood like that. I mean, 12, 12 within five miles, I, w- I would say that's pretty good. So, Yeah. Um, so that's the plan. And I've been contemplating on whether I should try to bring somebody in on that day yeah. with some hired help to, I guess, get my feet wet mm. or seeing what it's like to have a helper yeah. and the cost of it and how much it helps. Yeah. Because I've, I've done it all on my own the whole time in the beginning so from my understanding you you know you bring somebody else in there you can knock them out quicker and, and you can add more properties and that's how the the profits happen yeah. because yeah. because you got somebody else that you can bring more more properties on on the same day yeah no 100 percent. i mean when you go that jump from one to two is a massive jump like it's it's a big step there's a lot of it's scary you bring it on that payroll bring it on that added expense but it's really not an expense it's an investment into your company and you just have to be willing to realize like if you bring that person on then you have to be willing to do the work you have to you have to do the sales you have to create the sales to justify bringing them on and that's I'm even in that point of my business right now like we we have I have two guys full time right now and I'm I'm really trying to decide like do I want to bring on a third because uh, we really need a three man mo route two or three days a week, two people just can't get it done. Like it's just not, we just, our properties are too big. And so we don't have a, we don't have a huge number of properties. We just have larger size properties. And so we really need a three man crew, like three days a week. And then we also need, I need people to help me with landscaping. So it's kind of like, I don't, it's tough because they're not being as efficient without me there when they're mowing, but they need the third guy. But I'm like, come on, you can get this done. Like, but I don't want to overload them either. Like I know that I, me and a guy could probably get it done or get it close to getting done, but no one's going to work like the business owner, right? Like you're not going to find somebody yeah. that has the same exact same work ethic that moves as fast as you do. Um, and so that jump from one to two is scary, but the investment is there in the fact that like you really do close to double your time. Like you can, I mean, if you're spending 20, 20 minutes mowing a yard and 20 minutes weeding the yard and five minutes blowing that yard, like, you're going to, instead of that being a 45-minute yard, you're going to cut that yard down to 25, probably, 22 to 25 minutes. And it's like, you can, you're can you almost doubling yourself. If you can keep your routes tight, you can really start knocking out yards. So, I mean, yeah. if you are bringing on, I know it's scary, but if you're bringing them on, like if you're if the clientele is coming in, if you're getting the leads, then that's something I would definitely encourage, like at least like you're saying, get a helper, get started, get your feet wet, um, and, and make that jump as soon as you can. Yeah, I'm going to definitely have to consider that soon, for sure. And it just makes your life so much easier. That's, <laughs> that's the, like, at the end of the day, that's also part I, of it. 
I'm hoping so because I'm honestly, like you said, I'm just scared to do it. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's scary. It's scary, but like you also have to look like this is this just goes back to what we said in the beginning. Like nothing is across the board for anybody. You have to do what works for you in your business. For me, I'm an open book about this. I will take less profit to make my life easier. Like if I if I need like could I could I run a two man crew? Could I run me and one guy and work five days a week? eight, seven to five and get everything done, I probably could. But my life would not be enjoyable at all. Like I'd be working seven to five, seven to six probably most days out on the field every single day, all all year. Like that would be in my life. And so I would be more profitable that way, theoretically, I guess. I mean, by the numbers I would be, but I would have no time. And so like I'm going to hire that guy. So one, like if I do have to be with him, I'm still not like I'm saving myself a little bit of trouble because I'll still get on a trimmer, I'll still get on a blower. I will gladly do that stuff, but I'm I'm mowing most of the time. And so when I have two guys with me, I'm like, okay, I'm mowing. They're weeded. They're trimming. They're blowing. Like there's by the end of properties, I shouldn't have to do much but take the mower off, mow the yard, put the mower back up, and get in the truck and go. And it's like I'll take a little bit less money at the end of the day to be able to have a decent work day and not kill yourself every single day. And and you're not killing the one guy either. Like he doesn't feel like he's the only one doing all the hard labor. Like if you're mowing, he's not the only one trimming and blowing. He's got somebody to help him. And so that's something else you have to look at is like, you got to decide when that point comes, like, do you want to sacrifice a little bit of profit, a little bit of income um, for a little, little better well-being and like a little better lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. So, well, dude, I don't want to take, I, I don't get, I'm rambling. I don't know why I'm, I don't want to take the spotlight from you. I want, I want, to, I want to hear your story. Like, I want to hear more about what's going on. I mean, how is Yardbook going? How's CRM going? What, what advice would you give I, to people who are in your stage? Like, what have you learned? I love, I love Yardbooks. Um, you know, for me, at least, just being a little guy, it's it's worked out perfectly. I can't speak for somebody that's doing obviously a million dollars in revenue or something yeah, like yeah. that. But um, for me, it's super easy. Uh, I'm not the most techy person. So I needed something basic, yeah. easy to follow. And this is great. The only down thing that, and maybe, cause you use yard books too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a way, and I wish that there was a way if there, if there isn't, but to change the color of different job types. Mm, I don't when think there scheduled. is. I don't think there is. Not that I know of. That's the only thing I wish that they would do. Yeah. Is so that when you look at your calendar, you can tell you know, there's a difference from just like a regular maintenance client mm-hmm. that you're going to go and let mow yeah. to something else. To a landscape. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, I would I would actually, yeah. Hey, Yardbook is, I mean, they're very innovative. Like they're trying, they're, for the price of what it is, you're getting a very, very good product. Like a very mm-hmm. good product. And so, I mean, shoot, I would write an email to customer support and say like, hey, this is something like, Love the product. This is just a suggestion. I've had a couple other guys who say they might like it. Shoot them an email and see what they say. Like you never know what you never know what they're developing on the back end. So I, I would say, do that. Just shoot them an email. I mean, yeah. if there's guys out there that you want you want things changed, like go about it the right way. Don't complain that they don't have something. And I'm not saying you are. You're not at all. I'm you're saying, saying no, no, you're right. Don't complain that they don't have something. Do something about it. Like let them write them a nice email. Thank them for what they're doing for you. How they change your business. And then say, hey, this will be a great addition one day. I, I understand y'all are being very innovative. You're spending money. Thanks for keeping the price affordable. Like, there's nothing out there on the market that gives you what Yardbook gives you for the price that you have to pay. Like, 
you can do it free. Like, do you still have the free version? Or do you have the premium? I'm actually still using the free version. Too. Exactly. I mean, I pay the four percent for transactions, but yeah. Other than that, I don't pay anything. So. Exactly. So, like, there's it's it's insane the value that comes with it. Um, and so yeah. you just reach out and, and shoot a, a support email. I mean, just you never know what they could add on. But I I do agree that would be a very good addition. Yeah. Um, and as far as card on file, I've had no real hard time getting people to do it either. Dude, that's uh, so that's so encouraging. Hearing you're in year other than, a year and a half in, and you're doing that, that's just amazing. Uh, yeah, other than like like you said, you know, you got the elderly couples that you know they don't use cards for anything. So, but they're few I've and got, far between. Yeah, I've got honestly maybe three um, that I get a check from, but they're always there. It's always exactly. there. It's, exactly. Take to the door, or they literally walk it out to me. Yeah. So it's not really been a, it's not been an issue at all. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's crazy the the efficiency of card on file. Like it just it changes your business. Like you're getting your cash flow right from the beginning, and it's so mm-hmm. cool to hear. Like you're not gonna have the cash flow struggles that most people have when you have your card on file. You have that stuff set up, and it's all. If you're telling me in today's world in 2023, if you're telling me that you're having a hard time getting people to put their cards on file, you're not doing a good a good enough job selling them on what they're getting. What you have to tell them. It's just like when you hear people say, like you, if you're, if you, if you can't get people to pay your price, if you can't get them to pay a premium price, then you don't believe in yourself good enough. You don't believe in yourself enough to tell them why they should choose you. If you can't go to them in that, this is the same principle with card on file. If you can't add the value and tell them why they should do this, then you need to fix that because I guarantee you, if you change that pitch, that spill, whatever you want to call it, if you're getting people to tell you no, then you add some value to them. You tell them. Okay, we do this as just standard. Like it's very secure. We all all of your stuff it comes in here it comes through a secure link. Another option that I've not seen anyone have besides Yardbook and a Jobber might. I don't know. I don't know much about Jobber, but um, where you can just email a secure link to add the card. You don't have to take it over the phone. Mm-hmm. They can do that on their own. Like I don't see any yep. of your info. You can say like you don't ever have to keep up with invoices because I'm the guy. I hate keeping up with invoices. I I like it's a bad trait of mine. I'll be way late on my invoices because I just they'll come in the mail or something or come in an email and I'll forget about them. I'm busy. I don't have time to pay invoices. And you tell them that to the customer and the customer's like, yeah, like that's fantastic. I love that. Like I'm, I'm getting to the point now. I, I in that beginning two years, I was like, man, this is going to be so hard getting people on card on file. I'm so scared. They might tell me no. And now I'm like, no, trust me, you want this. And everyone is like, yes, that's what I want. Like fantastic. That's awesome. When I tell people ask me like, how do you take payment? Venmo, check, pay, PayPal, cash out. I'm like, no, we actually don't do any of that. We just keep a card on file. We charge at the end of the month for the month's services. You don't have to keep up with it. We'll send a receipt at the end. And they're like, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Shoot me the email. And they put the card on within two minutes of the email coming through. Yeah. And it's also nice being able to look back at old invoices that uh, you charge them for a certain job. Maybe last year, you want to make sure you charge them at least the same yep, or yep. just a little bit more for inflation. Um, you can make sure you're not hurting yourself and, and then just have something to refer back to. Yeah. hundred percent, really dude. hundred percent. I mean, what else is there in business as we wrap this thing up? I mean, is there anything, any advice that you would give to somebody? I, I know that, um, we hadn't gotten too deep today, but I wanted to just get a little bit of your story. What's going on? I mean, it sounds like you're rocking and rolling by yourself. You're at a big, you're coming up on a big transition point, trying to hire that guy. I mean, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to start um, and, and just grow their business the same way you're doing? Oh, uh, well, 
only advice I can say is, is give it a try. I mean, I, I thought about it and thought about it. I sat on, on my workbench with, with, uh, Brian Fulton's YouTube channel up. I was watching them do their strides and learning things and listening to your podcast and stuff. And I could, I could have done that for the next 10 years, just mm-hmm. sat there and listened and never actually did it. And I'm so much happier now that I have. So I just say, take the leap of faith and, and, um, I mean, obviously don't, don't put your family on the street, but get the boat, um, get the boat close to the dock yeah. and then make the get jump. As close as you can, but, uh, you never know until you try. So that's all I can say is give it a go and hope for the best. Mm, I love it, dude. I love it. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, you're proof that it can be done. You, you started full time with six clients, like, and now you're rocking and rolling in year two, uh, with 40 something like you, that's fantastic growth. I mean, it's fantastic growth. And so, uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Now, were you listening before you went full time? Were you listening to podcasts and social media stuff, or like did that happen once you got into the business full time? Like, how did you find out about everything? I definitely watched more YouTube than I did listen to podcasts. Okay, um, podcast uh, starts when you yeah. get on the mower. When you get on the mower all day, you just yeah. turn podcast on. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I could I was able to have my phone kind of propped up and watch all the videos on YouTube, so that was easy enough. Um, but you guys um, are definitely the ones that encouraged me to make the jump. So mm. I really appreciate, appreciate oh. you guys' stuff that, out there because it's helping all of us, that's for sure. That, man, dude, people like you are the ones that are helping. The ones that come on and share their stories, like, that. that's why we do it. It's its so cool to hear. Like, if there's an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old kid or a 35-year-old dad who's like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, and you're listening to the show, like, John's proved that it can be done. Like it just takes work. It just takes effort. It just takes commitment, dedication. Like it hasn't been easy. I can promise you that. Like you and your wife probably had some some good arguments. Like you've probably been stressed. You've probably been stressed about cash flow. Like we say you don't have cash flow problems, but everybody has cash flow problems in in this Absolutely. business. Like it's just part of it. Yep. And you just just committed to it and, and gone all in. And, and it's just, I mean, would you say it's it's been for the better? Like it's it's been a good been a good decision. Oh, I mean, my kids, they play tribal soccer, so the, I could not still be in retail and, and get them to all the stuff they have to go to. So yeah. it's been beneficial to the family as far as family time. And, um, you know, really I'm not making, I'm still making less than I was in the jewelry industry, but not a lot less. Yeah. And in yeah. another year or two, I'll, I'll definitely be surpassing it. What so. did we just talk about, though? Would you make a little bit less money and create the memories with your kids and have the time? That's right. Like that more time. That's for sure. You have to look at those things. And so it's just, it's all how you look at it. Nothing is going to be across the board. Do what works for you and your business. Uh, Before we let you go, buddy, I want to ask one question. We try to ask all of our guests here. Pretty simple, but it can't be complex. What's your why? I mean, basically just, basically just said it, you know, and it's for most people, you know, it's yeah. my family, it's my time, it's it's being able to get them to the things that they want to do, trying to provide, and and be outside. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be inside, so it's mainly family, you know, being here for my kids and doing what they want to do. I love it. What does family look like? How many how many kids you got? What are their ages? Oh, geez, I got two boys and one's fifteen and one's ten. Oh man, so, that's troublemakers right there. Don't have kids five years apart. That's all I can <laughs> that's, a, that's a big they difference. They fight all the time. I don't yeah. know because the little one wants to hang out with the older one. The older one wants nothing to do with the younger one. And yeah. 
That's tough. It's just, it, it's just like that perfect amount of gap to cause an issue, yep. I think. Yep, yep. No, I get that. All, all Me and my two brothers are three and a half years apart, and even that, like, you're still, you're still a little too far apart. Like, I have friends that – I have friends that uh, are two years apart, a year and a half, two years apart, uh, and they're it worked out great for them because they were one grade apart, but they had the same mm-hmm. ran in the same group, same friend circle. Like they, it just it worked well, and I think that's kind of the age. Like you got to stay within that one and a half to two years, maybe two and yeah. a half years, if you want them to stay pretty close. When you yeah. start getting to that three to five year gap, it's like you just run in different circles. You go through different points of life, like. Your 15-year-old is going through things that 10-year-olds are so far away from. Like, it's just yeah. so far away. So, um, I, I'll be turning to you when Jack's 15 and we have another kid and be like, <laughs> how did you do this? <laughs> it was hard. You know, but you just got to stick it out, man. Yeah, you learn along the way. I love it, dude. Where, where can everybody find you if they want to ask you a question or connect with you on Instagram or socials or whatever? Uh, I mean, my Instagram is just my personal Instagram, so it probably wouldn't be the the best one. I mean, you can find me Jonathan Allen on there, but there's yeah. probably like a thousand of those. But you can reach me at uh, Edge to Edge Lawn Care. Yeah, and that is uh, with the number two in the middle, and they're all run together. So Edge to Edge is run together. Yeah, and it's on Facebook. So feel free to message me on there. Um, but that's about all my socials at the time. Yeah, I love it, dude. That's fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time. Is there anything that we're leaving out you wanted to share or, or give out there to the to the ether? Uh, no, just everybody keep grinding and listen to uh, these guys giving out these podcasts because they've got great information. You must take action. I think that's going to be the title of the show. Uh, you must take action. You must take the jump. You just got to go for it. And uh, I hope that I hope that this one relates to you guys. I hope this brought some value. I know it did for me. Um, it's been one that I really appreciate. I appreciate you spending your time with us tonight, buddy. And I look forward to getting you back on the show in the future and hearing a business update and hearing a year or so. Thanks, Jeremy. Maybe I won't be so nervous next time. Oh, shoot. No, this is fantastic, dude. Uh, this is fantastic. I, I'm excited to hear to hear feedback on this one. I think this is going to be one that a lot of people relate to. So, so guys, thanks you, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Uh, if you did relate, if you did feel like it hit home and it helped you in some way, shape, or form, Leave it a big five-star rating and review. That's how we grow the show. That's how the show gets out there to to a bigger audience so we can continue to grow the community one relationship at a time. That's what we're here for every single day or every single week, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So without any further ado, that is going to wrap this one up. Thanks, John, and we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.